big. Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show. So sorry, anyone that listens to the intro and me ranting. So sad. So sad. Also, happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. I will say happy Halloween again. But intro happy Halloween. Like, it's not Halloween for us yet. Yeah. It'll be Halloween for when you guys. Unless you're listening to the day after. We need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're right. I do. Oh, son of a fucking bitch. I just realized. (laughs) What? I couldn't have another intro for the fucking this episode. You know what? I'm going to, listeners. Don't even trip. For us, me and Edward, your good hosts, just listen to our OG intro. But I'm like, no. I'm going to get us a fucking Halloween special intro. I'm just ranting about it. Doesn't matter how we record. But either way, welcome back to the Dr. Death Danger radio show with your good host, James and Edward. What's good, Edward? Hey James, what's up? Uh, well, we've had a neat day. Uh, we uh, we watched our main event together, and we got some Japanese food. And uh, there were technical issues on your end that were not our fault, but had to deal with. So that was. Uh, but it's been a good day. I'm good. You mean like right now? I'll try to sell. Yeah. Because listeners today, for uh, good friend Boat Steel, want us to have a special segment called "Hot or Not," where we get a special bumper. That he like sent me and I was trying to like get that working. Yeah. Also trying to get like my phone audio to hooked up hook up to actually record. S- but that's just like the growing troubles and bullshit that sometimes I have to deal with. So you see, our good friend Bone Steel thinks we're not like I don't know what we're not like trendy or what or up to up to date enough. So or not enough fucking radio show gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. So he was ranting to you about you guys should like review hot new tracks and then what didn't it go like you said something like well bone steel why don't you find us some hot tracks and then jake was like challenge accepted so because i guess uh, i was gonna say jake thinks our music tastes suck but do you think he thinks they suck no it's called we have different music tastes well yeah but i mean (laughs) uh but yeah no so he's gonna he uh, we we straight up haven't listened to the song yet we haven't even listened to the bumper yet we haven't listened to both. Genuine reactions. Yes, our genuine reactions. I just had to make sure I hear some sound. Yeah. I don't know. Anything you want to talk about your week? Or should we just get on the fucking show? Uh, we could just get on the show, honestly. That's right, listeners. I also want to say happy motherfucking Halloween. Yeah. Of the year of our Lord of 2021. Happy Hallow's Eve. If you ask me what the fuck I'm doing, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing for Halloween. Well, I guess I sort of podcast is the star of the halloween weekend yeah but really i'm kind of not doing shit i'm most likely treating as a normal weekend Mm -hmm. no one really invited me to anything and i don't feel like trying to like tag along if someone says something's like hey motherfucker you want to do something's like fuck yeah sure but right now i'm like i kind of don't care i'm just like i'm gonna enjoy a weekend where i don't have to fucking do something yeah because my next two weekends i gotta do some bullshit Next weekend, I'm off somewhere as well. So. And uh, I'm, I have to go play a show in Bakersfield. Yes. And then the weekend after, I have to play a show, and then I get to go run down to good friend Bone Steel's pad to go watch some pro wrestling pay-per-view. Make a weekend out of that, because, yeah. Fuck it, because it'd be fun as shit. Plus, I also got my freaking commuter car back, so I can actually go take a nice trip. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You don't yes. have to deal with that van. Yeah, I know. Like, the van's sexy, and I could totally, like, 
It's a friggin' more sex appeal vehicle than my commuter that I think. <laughs> no, it's a fucking camper van. Old rad 80s camper yeah, van. Yeah, the meat wagon Bro, too. I've had more people say nice things about my van than I have other vehicles. So. That is true. And honestly, it's more nice, normie, or hippie-ish people. I welcome more. Yeah. I'm like, you're a sexy lady, not gonna lie. <laughs> and you're fucking friggin' bell-bottom yoga pants. It's better than some fucking dude that some hype beast looking dude telling me, oh, you got a sick tuner car. It's like, I think there's choices. I yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I don't have a sexy van. I have a five year old uh, compact Chevy that I named after a David Bowie album. So I'm kind of just vibing with that. <laughs> I named my van because I was in a relationship with a lady and that's where we'd usually romance in and snuggle in. It was it was dubbed the love van. You can also say other vulgar things, but I am not going to. I have dubbed it the Meat Wagon 2 because I've never told the story on the podcast. My dad told me back in his single days, which is intermittently between the 70s and 80s, he had a van and he called it the Meat Wagon. I wonder why he called it the Meat Wagon. <laughs> My dad, had, I, don't, I can't give you an exact number because he probably can't give an exact number, uh, but he was a hit with the ladies. That he claims. So I can... I believe it though. Okay, I he's got five kids from three different women. I mean, for fuck's sake, he's got pr- he has proof that he is that he is. proof of concept. He has proof of concept. <laughs> so yes, you, know you are his he, you are his successor. Yes, but I don't have five kids. Not yet. No. <laughs> no, you're, you're oh you're god too, no. No, I, you're too you're too late. You're turning twenty seven. No, twenty eight this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So dad would have had my sister about a, for you about a. 11 years ago. I'm pretty sure you're good on experiencing that. I'm good on experiencing that. All right, listeners, time to check a new segment. Yeah, speaking of ex- experience. My good, good friend Bone Seal. This is hot or not. Let's we'll hear this bumper. If it plays. The bumper. Come on, bumper. Let's go. It looks like I gotta do some shit. God damn it, Jake. You know what? Either we can like try to like save it with dead air or we could just stop real quick. Let's do that. All right, listeners. Okay. Hot or not? Let's hear this bumper. Alright. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, Jake. Alright, time to check out the song he sent me. What is the song? Song is called Friday, performed by Jarris Johnson, featuring Tri- Trippy Red. Trippy I've heard Red. of Jarris Johnson. He is a TikTok dude that sounds like fucking Chad Kroger. Is that a good or bad thing? Well, the song is two minutes and 19 minutes. Thank God. Oh, it's it's, it's single length. Is he Australian or something? I think he's Canadian. Dude, he sounds like Chad Kroger. Yeah, but what's that? Friday! What the fuck is that? I think we're in a verse now. I think this is the first. I don't know. Everything sounds like a fucking chorus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
This, this reminds me of old Hollywood Undead. Dude. It straight up is like Hollywood. Well, <laughs> how dare Hollywood Undead be like freaking trailblazers for this kind oh, of shit. Oh, we're fucking trailblazers, all right. Pass me a look with death when you got a chance. Yeah. What's with these unnecessary, like, vocal glitches? Well, this must be trip, trippy red. Well, listeners, I'm sorry. I'm so far not un not impressed. Like it's catchy. It's funny, for the most part. Oh, I hate this like crowd echoey shit. It's in every song now. I'll commend him. He's not a half bad vocalist. Yeah, he just sounds like Chad Kroger. He he does, but he's throwing in some weird accent. It's a Friday! Going to more place! Just because he's throwing a weird, like, friggin' Yeah, I thought it was Australian. Yeah. Alright. Okay, so Jake told us to rate it hot or not. What do you think? Oh, I would say not, because I kind of didn't care. It was I, okay. I would say uh, not. Um, see, I don't want to call it generic, because that'd be too easy. But like, I'll say this. There's a part of it, it's like, here's the thing. Like, the chorus is hooky, but to me, it just was had no energy for me to really latch on. It stays at, what would you say that was? In one fucking gear, which, hey, listen <laughs> to that, listeners. I might be referencing that a little later. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it. It starts in 120 BPM 4x4, and it's... Are you sure? I don't think it needs... You need to, like, say what freaking BPM... Well, that's the pop song uh, beats per minute. It feels slower, though. Yeah, but still, I, I I won't say it's generic. I'll say this: I've heard every piece of that song before. I, I I thought I was a little I was a little salty when I saw them throwing in the like vocal glitches to be like, "Ooh, look at our production! We're cool!" Like if like that was their way of breaking it up. The whole song just sounded the same. It all sounded like a chorus. Yes, I literally was like, "Are we in a fucking verse?" No, there was no distinction. There wasn't really, like, and other than just drops, but it was a pretty kind of stay consistent. Now, I know of Juris Johnson, uh -huh. I, because I have heard of him before, and people have talked to him, because he's actually collab with, like, some of your favorite butt rock stars. Oh. Like, Jacoby from friggin' Papa Roach. Oh, and yeah. And other peeps. And he's, like, a friggin' TikTok. He's, like, obviously a TikTok rapper... I guess just a TikToker. I guess TikTok rapper ish. At least he's for sure. It's like he's or like that. Like he's part of that. Like what's now present. Mm -hmm. And he's honestly like doing like he's like kind of also doing something that's almost in the realm of rock. It's in there. Now I'm a little far removed from that. I don't listen to mostly shit like that. I know of it, and like I know people are down with that. I dip back into it every once in a while. By every once in a while, I mean like every like, eh, let's just say every like, you know, every other three or four months, you know, I'm like, you know, let me see what's hot. And I, I'm probably going to sound like a like like some boomer. But like, bro, it's just it, it just it, it, 
a lot of it is just really samey. I'm not going to be like, oh, it all sounds the same. That'd be a lie, but it's really samey. That song was pretty samey. That was really samey. But it's a two minute and 19 minute song. Can't Maybe its purpose much. is for more of a TikTok, like a minute long viewing. Oh, that was totally a TikTok. That is a song that people are going to like duet or I like get, lip sync to on I get TikTok. It. People like that slow stuff. It's very chill. Yeah. Now, for me, as a personal listener, I like a little bit more energy sometimes. I'm okay with songs at that speed, but they got to be interesting, and this just wasn't interesting. So I could definitely say, uh, not, not. Do this again, ja- do this again, though, Jake. This is a good idea. This is probably the only time he's going to listen yeah, to our podcast. I, I need to get a fucking bump. I need to like figure out more on the bumper solution. But yeah, I literally was sitting there with the bumper and realized, oh wait, I could just go on my laptop. Go d- possibly download that bumper, then friggin' just put it on my phone as a separate MP3 file so it'll be easier to play next time. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. All right, so that was hot or not. Time to go into now our casual album reviews to start off the media review format as we let the let out. Time to let the let out. What do we listen to today? This was Led Zeppelin's, um, what is it? The one, two, third to last uh, album, and it's but it's their second to last in original material. It's called Presence. Um, this album has kind of a low key history. I guess when it came out, I think I said last week, it was like the least selling of their discography at that point. And there's only one song on here that I explicitly remember being a radio punisher. So it was mostly new material. Um, well, I'll go, I'll give my general thoughts on the album at the end, but, uh, it was, yeah. How would you let's start it off? What's song one like? Okay, so song one's a song of Achilles. This song I'd actually listened to before, uh, not on the radio, but uh, a co. Um, there was a coworker I had who was getting into Zeppelin. He was like, "Yo, this song's rad," so I listened to it then. And yeah, it's a ten minute and a half minute song. And I'll be honest, the song's the song's pretty good. Um, it reminded me of Rush and like Power Slave era Iron Maiden, like like. Either one of those bands could have wrote in the song. It's a good structure. Uh, you know, instruments were on point. When it went hard, it went hard. The changes I appreciated. Um, I, 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 I was very much more receptive of this than their 11-minute uh, song on um, uh, Physical Graffiti. So, yeah, I like Song of Isn't the there, like, two or three on Physical Graffiti? Uh, well, that one was 11 minutes. Everything else is like eight minutes, eight and a half minutes, nine minutes. A lot of the songs on Physical Graffiti were, were really long. long. Yeah. I can tell you this. Well, for me, I thought the song was pretty sick, but pretty never ending, though. No, yeah, it's uh, mm. you no. know, you know reminded me of. Did you remember the first time you listened to like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Maiden? That's exactly what this reminded me of. Well, I was about to say, if you like Iron Maiden, you'll like the song. Yeah. But I want to note, Robert Plant sounds so bored singing. Did Yeah, did you notice? I felt, I, I think I noted this on song like three or four. He just sounded less enthusiastic, I felt. He sounded bored and enthusiastic for this song. Maybe that's why there's only two more albums left after this. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially since you've like, if there's anyone who hates Led Zeppelin more, it's Robert Plant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I saw a quote of him saying once, we played, it was some, I'm probably paraphrasing, but something like, we played Stairway to Heaven so many fucking times I wanted to shoot myself. He said something like that. That's his least favorite song. Song so two. Is For Your Life. Kind of a boring one, I wrote. Didn't sound bad. Music was fine. It just felt like filler. Um, get used to that. Usually when I have these notes, I have little things to point out, neat things, but I really didn't have anything. The song was just kind of there. All right, for me, uh, as a crack up with a cold one. There you go. I wrote down, well, the song is kind of boring. 
<laughs> like there was a tempo change near some solo. Yeah. Which it was like, I guess a little exciting, but honestly, the song could put me to sleep. No, it was uh, it was not very interesting. No, next song. Royal Orleans, a short little rocker tune. It kind of feels like they were trying to... This is one of those songs you've heard us say before. You've heard us say with Ice Earth. This sounded like a song I, a band wanted to write to sound like Ice Earth. This sounded like a song where someone was trying to write a Led Zeppelin song. That's the vibe I got from this. It sounded like something off the first four albums. Bottom is doing some neat drum stuff, and the riff, the guitar riff is fine. It's far from a bad song, but again, just kind of there. Yeah, this was kind of like a funk groover, and it was okay. Like the playing was sick. There yeah. was a good groove, good and playing. like there was like a total like funk style playing on the guitar. But it was a what Evs kind of song. Yeah, no, I guess totally. you you said earlier a very bored sounding Robert Plant. Yeah, enthusiastic. Yeah, I, I forgot to <laughs> say it there. You said it. Yeah, it sounds like Robert Plant isn't singing. Robert Plant's just being like, okay, what does the singer for Led Zeppelin do? You know, it's like yeah. like at this point, it just feels like a job for him. Song four is nobody's fault but mine. You know, this riff came on, right? And I'm like, I know this riff. I know this riff. What is this riff? And then I heard Robert Plant go, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, oh, I know this fucking song. Yeah, this is the uh, one of the last Radio Punishers, the only one on this album that I can remember. Uh, and honestly, it's a good one. I think that intro went on too long. Oh, oh. But it's a, um, you know, it's heavy. It places a good groover. It's catchy. Uh, it's it's better than songs two and three. I'll say that. Um, this one in Achilles, I wrote here. This song and Achilles feel like the only songs where it feels like they actually like showed up. You know, I guess. And the ah parts draw draw gone sometimes. I wrote, but it was still a good song. Yeah, like the song for me, it was an energetic groover. Mm -hmm. But there was a pause for a moment. And you thought that was the end? Oh, I remember, yeah. But the song kept going, and I'm like, the song doesn't need to keep going. Like, right at that pause, the song would have ended perfectly right there. Yeah, I know it's But part. it fucking kept going, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> God damn it, Zeppelin. So song five is called Song Five is called Candy Store Rock. I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't sure what I was expecting from a song with a title like that, but what we got is, um, you know, it's not a half bad rock song. It's a bit of another funky one, but it's not some bullshit like The Crunch, and all I really had was, it was fine. See, for me, I wouldn't say the song was on the funk. I would say it's more of rock, like kind of that rockabilly rock. As I mm. put it, Candy Store Rock was a noodly Zeppelin meets Robert Plant trying to be Elvis. <laughs> He kind of <laughs> was. And if you're a fan, you'll like it. But I didn't care. And I wrote down, I'm guessing this is a Honey Drippers song. Because didn't Robert Plant like perform in a project called The Honey Drippers? I thought he did, yeah. Yeah. I, I read something about that, yeah. Like, I used to, like, my dad had a freaking Honey Drippers, like, cassette tape that I've, like, listened to. And I guess it was Robert Plant from freaking Led Zeppelin. But, like, this is why I was, like, Robert Plant's trying to pull an Elvis shtick. And I'm, like... Yo, that's right. He didn't he do a thing called the Honey Drippers that was kind of influenced on fifties like music. Yeah, that was him. Look at that. I'm like, I'm a smart, I'm a smart, I'm a smart smeller. A smart smeller. I'm a smart smeller, and I like up turn up Bixby. Sorry, I'm like, yeah, I know what if like fucking Robert Plant was playing in fit playing fifties music, but like I don't listen to what Jarris Johnson is doing on TikTok. <laughs> 
Wow, well, I sound like one, a motherfucking boomer. What I'll am you, I on? But here's the thing. Which one's more interesting? One's more relevant, but which one's more interesting? Dude, I don't give a fuck about face tattoo, boy. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of equal. I have no interest in either or. But if you're going to ask me, I might go check out the honey drippers first. If there was like a priority list of care, of my care, the honey drippers. They, I'm kind of curious on that. They have exactly one album and it's called, it's an EP and it's called the honey drippers volume one. According to their discography, that's the only thing they ever released. <laughs> I'm telling you in priority of how much I care, I might go check out honey drippers. But I'm a fucking boomer energy. <laughs> Song six is called Houses On For Nowhere, I think. Um, these are my exact notes verbatim, okay? Kind of a nothing song. It was fine, but extremely, extremely filler. It's just there. I wrote down for song six, well, this only had one gear. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a that step was, up okay. for a second gear would be nice. And I just wrote down, bruh, this fucking album. <laughs> <laughs> so far it's uh so far it's not uh i will say this though last song it's called oh there's oh yeah there's only seven songs it's called t for one a song i was hoping would redeem the album it was nine and a half minutes but honestly considering this was only seven songs i was fine with it and then it started and i realized quickly oh shit here we go again it's a jammy blues song now i can't fully articulate to you as to why but I didn't dislike this as much as their other blue songs. Um, it kind of starts and ends in the same fucking place with little to no progression, but I wasn't wanting to rage quit, and I found myself being like, you know, this is fine. I've dealt with worse. Yeah, <laughs> my thoughts See, too. I wrote down, well, this is nine minutes, and so far this is a bluesy wonder, and I didn't really say much after that. If there's a song to describe this album as a whole, it's this one song. Yeah. Let's be real here. So to sum up my thoughts on the album, okay, listen, we've gone through the first four. I thought House as a Whole of the Holy was a pretty like um, underappreciated thing. Physical Graffiti was obviously very divisive between both of us, but I, I'm i going to throw this out there. There's two more albums left, but do you think this is a contender for worst Zeppelin album? Well, I don't know what the other two sound like, but it's definitely the worst what, we've, what we have listened to. As of now, now this is my Now, if you don't like Zeppelin favorite. 3... If you don't like Zeppelin mm. 3, that could be there. Yeah. But that's because it's like ha like there was not enough rock and more just their folk influence. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this one's um thing is it wasn't even bad. It was just boring. No, for I the most part. no, for me this is what I thought the album. It only had one gear and never went anywhere. Yeah, no, you're right. It only had one gear and it's just like you could tell the enthusiasm Robert Plant was done. Mhm. Mm when the especially the first song like Achilles was like Okay, the song's pretty sick, but Robert Plant comes in, it's like, wow, you have no life in you. <laughs> physical Graffiti must have took it out of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Because Physical Graffiti sound like an epic, and they, like, put it in. Yeah, they put in a, they put in a lot of everything into Physical Graffiti. Yes. Like, I didn't even really like the album, but I can appreciate how hard they worked. Yeah, you didn't care for the album. I thought the album was pretty exciting, but then coming off from that into this... This is a letdown. <laughs> bro, I almost... I forgot to make this a post on my Instagram about this, but I was about to say, hey, if you have insomnia, put it on this album. It will help you put this, get yourself to sleep. 
That's pretty good. Yeah. You, you know what it reminded me of? You, re- you remember how when we uh, listened to Chinese Democracy and you were like, this thing kind of had no soul? I was kind of feeling that for this a little bit. Not as much, but a little bit. Yeah, no, Chinese Democracy kind of had no soul. This was just like... But at least Chinese Democracy, we walked away going, these are some good songs. It's like, it depends. It seems like as a unit, Zeppelin hadn't like wasn't really there. And it, if you want to say it, they were phoning it in, it definitely felt phoning in. Now, but Bonham's playing is still ripping and Paige is like there too. So it's like instrumentally, it isn't bad. But yeah, no, Robert Plant, he was out to lunch. He really, really, really was. Well, that's presence. Two more to go, which the next one is called In Through the Outdoor. Wow, that sounds like their career <laughs> at this point. Uh, it was also their last album they released before uh, Bonham had passed away. Coda came out two years after the fact, and it was just kind of like, I guess, an epilogue thing. That's why it's a compilation. Epilogue. So technically, next week is the last true Zeppelin album. But we're I still going to do Coda, right? I guess so. Yeah. We keep saying we're going to do Coda. So we are going to do Coda, but then, yeah, next that's the next Zeppelin album. Well, not Coda, the one that you said. Yeah. Um, In Through the Outdoor. In Through the Outdoor. All right, listeners. It's fucking Halloween. Yeah, dude. So we reviewed a horror movie, and we went to some fucking 90s cheese. Last time for Halloween, we reviewed, what was it, Halloween Resurrection? Resurrection. And that was some 2000s cheese. Yeah, man. Now, time to go with some late 90s cheese. What do we review today? We reviewed <laughs> We reviewed uh, a classic. Well, I think it's a classic. It's called I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's probably most famously known as being a screen clone and being, uh, I think, the big screen debut of Freddie Prince Jr. I think Sarah Michelle Gellar, well, Buffy, have been around for a while, obviously. And like listeners, Sarah Michelle's character, Sarah's character, I'm just going to call Buffy this whole entire episode. I called her Daphne a few times because as I wrote here, when they do the opening credits, there's literally half the cast of Mystery Inc. in here because you have Freddie Prince, who is Fred, and Sarah, who is, Ga- who is Daphne. So you can say Daphne Buffy. Yeah. Daphne Buffy. Buffy Daph. Baffy. Baffy. <laughs> but no, either or. Yeah. Um... So that's that. No one else really notable in this. What are you talking about? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I forgot. Yeah. Isn't she like a pretty solid movie star? No, she is. I'm trying to remember what she's done lately. But yeah, no. Jennifer lately, Love no. So but good. like all throughout the 2000s, I feel like she had work. The soundtrack was pretty. Uh, well, the, so- the soundtrack was uh, was kind of fun. It was mostly covers except for the first fucking song we heard. So how do we open up? Well, we open up with typo negative with establishing shots over the beach of the California cliff coastline. But they're supposed to be in North Carolina. Yeah, right? no, no, those are bro. No, don't. So we got typo negative. Now, typo listeners, negative. we have actually reviewed a typo negative album back in our back catalog. If you ever want to go back and listen to us, a lot of us is us cr- cracking sex jokes where it's like, bro. This guy has too much sex. <laughs> Peter Steele, like, I don't know if his penis can handle this much, like, vagina that he's, like, getting on this album. Yeah. <laughs> but just remembering shit, he says, when will you come again? <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, the movie, uh, let's see, so we see a dude sitting on the edge of a cliff holding a medallion. He's being a sad fisherman boy. And the way it goes is he's, like, looking around, looking around. Looking around, takes a drink of his beer, 
He was looking around, looking around. And then fireworks happened. And now we're actually in North Carolina, or what looks like North Carolina, in a small fishing town. We go to a beauty pageant where Daphne, I mean Buffy, I mean Sarah Michelle Gellar is in a beauty pageant with Freddie Prince and some other peeps, our main characters. Her main character is a Freddie Prince Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt, some dude named Barry, which I guess that dude is a raging alcoholic and his kids disown him in real life. Which is something considering how much he drinks in this movie. Especially his character. His character is like, yeah, you're not a likable dude. And we got Sarah Michelle Gellar or Buffy. The Vampire Slayer, as she is in a Miss Croker beauty pageant contest. Yeah, it's called, yeah, the Croker. Was that the name of the town or something? I guess. So, or wait, or was that them being cheeky? Because, you know, what do you do? And what happens in horror movies? People die and they croak. Because wasn't her name like like Helen, Helen Sh- Shivers? Dude, I wrote down <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. To me, she is like Buffy, but not Buffy. So we go to a beauty pageant where Buffy is doing the thing. The The judge is like, so in the spirit of Mother Teresa, what are your charitable contributions to society? And Daphne says, I want to be an actress and go to New York to entertain the masses. She wins the uh, she wins the pageant. Everyone's stoked. Woo, yeah. Which I don't know how she's going to do in New York. Like, there's not much film, so it'd be more what, theater acting. That's, that's the thing. It's like. I mean, yeah, people film movies there, but almost all the movie studios are here. Yeah. So I don't get it. So she must be a theater actor where she must. I don't know if she's going to be a freaking Alfred Molina and Fiddler on the Roof. I had a feeling. If I was a there. rich man. I don't know the rest. It's a beautiful song, though. It's really good. Maybe because Alfred Molina is great and like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not an actor like Mr. Molina. Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't need to be a, an actor. She does not need to be an actor. She had a good 10, 11 years getting by on being Sarah Michelle Gellar, and it's worked for her. Yes. So then I wrote here, Beach Party Rager, because we thought they were at the beach, but never mind. It's more of a peer party. Well, they were at a peer party. There's a generic 90s rockabilly band playing, and Buffy's hanging out with a friend, and an angry blonde lady, come, who we find out later is her sister, but they don't really like point that out till halfway through the movie. Yeah, so Buffy's sister, and they like, like freaking give each other shade. Yeah, she's like, "Is Mrs. Croker getting sautéed?" And then Daphne says, "Oh, a twit with a wit." Ugh, a twit with and a wit. Her, I see. And then her sister, whose name is Elsa, goes, "Bite me." And I just wrote here, "Okay, okay, dialogue." <laughs> Then the Sydney Prescott of this movie, that's what I wrote before I remember her name, uh, whose name is Julie. The Sydney Prescott of this movie gets harassed by a dude that I said looked like Ben Shapiro, but James said looked like a dude from Big Bang Theory. But I decided to just call him Ben Shapiro. He had total <laughs> Ben Shapiro energy. And this dude, I wrote here, this Anakin Skywalker looking in a uh, kind of incel is like, we've been, he's trying to ask her out to hang out because, you know, dubious intentions. He's like, we've been. Been friends since forever. I hate sand. Well, you didn't say the hate sand thing, but so then blonde Chad comes up, who we find who is uh, Helen's boyfriend Barry, and gives a toast to them. Then he gets into a fight with Max. Then Buffy and homies go to the beach to hang out. Freddie Prince tries to tell him a ghost story, but they can't decide. They can't decide if the ghost was like hung or gutted with a hook. And I'm like. Ah, because the villain of this movie has a Yeah, hook. so that motherfucker, that Ben Shapiro-looking guy, was the motherfucker in Big Bang Theory. That what? Yes. Oh, shit. Wait, how'd you know that? You don't even, we don't even, neither of us watched that show. I have watched that show. Oh, what'd you think of it? 
I remember it just was okay. It was my easy mom breaks. likes food. My mom likes it. Bro, it was an easy watch. I threw it on and just gave zero fucks. Like, I've never binge watched it, but when I used to have television, I would watch it. Don't trip on the surf rock band. I just remember my mom watching and she's like, man, it's a good show. It's a shame it ended, you know, so soon. I'm like, the show was on for like 14 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so soon? I don't know. Sorry, it's not the fucking Golden Girls. They gone on for fucking ever. No, they only had like nine seasons. What? Oh, yeah. Mom just has watched the reruns for 30 years because it's her favorite show of all time. I mean, I can't I mean, I can't judge. I mean, there's a guy who's watched all like almost 300 episodes of Dragon Ball Z at least twice, two or three times. Probably more. I'd oh, have you to, mean you? Me. Yeah. I thought you were talking about someone else. No. I'm like, that's not that much. Well, Dragon Ball Z is like 200 and some episodes. It's almost 300 episodes. Whatever. So, so, I like Dragon Ball. You like Dragon Ball. I do like Dragon Ball. We go Ball. hard for Dragon Ball. We haven't had a chance to talk about Dragon Ball on this show yet. But anyway, so yeah. Then Buffy and crew, they're doing the ghost story. And then Sydney 2.0 says, It's just a made-up story to warn young girls about premarital sex. And that gave us a chuckle. Yeah. And Freddie says, you know, your intelligence terrifies me. I'm like, oh, okay. Then there's like this weird minute of intense staring, I wrote. And then Sarah Michelle, the vampire slayer, is talking about how she's going to be, uh, it cuts to her and Barry. They're hanging out. They're like, they're she's hanging gonna- out next to the fire. They're about to romance or totally have sex, you guys. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm going to be a big star. And then I'll let you impregnate me with well, one you- of three kids. As you're a big freaking pro football player and you're going to go to rehab. Which in real life, the actor did go to rehab. Oof. <laughs> so then everyone's chilling. Freddie and Sydney talk. Um, sorry, Freddie and Sydney 2.0 talk. And she's like, uh, they're office of prior. She's like, I'll miss you. And she, he says, she's like, you're going to fall for some head shaven, black wearing tattoo covered body piercing philosophy student. I'm like, it's not our friend Jake. But yeah, then Fred, oh, this was funny. Then Fred says, high school relationships have the highest success rate out of any relationship. And we laughed. I'm like, okay. I wrote here, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. She says to cite the source. And then I wrote here, James says, my penis. (laughs) That's literally what that dude was like pointing towards. (laughs) Like, Freddy was, like, implying his penis as a source of, like, information. Whatever. They totally romance you guys. Yeah, they- Or t- bone you guys. Yeah. It's one of the two. Generic 90s acoustic song comes on. They totally bone on the beach, you guys. I know, because, like- forget- That's what that drink's named after. Yeah. Sex on the beach. Sex on the beach. Yeah, it's a real, uh, it's a real beverage. So then, Fred has to drive because, um- Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know Barry's name at this point. I couldn't remember, so I was calling him Screech 2.0 because I'm like, who's this Screech-looking guy? But, yeah. but So Fred's driving, but um, Barry keeps giving him shit as he's driving. He's like an angry drunk. So the iconic scene happens where Barry uh, throws on some rock music and stands up. His head's on the sunroof. He's like, yeah, woo Head is on the sunroof. It's like upper torso. His upper torso, yeah. He's standing up, yeah. He's out of the surf. He's like, yeah, woo. And then they hit a guy and they spin out. And James is like, how the fuck didn't get Barry? Did Barry not get annihilated? Seriously, it's like, dude, a freaking, as we saw, like the character later, if you watch the movie, 
I could be wrong. But whatever. What's to say? A 200-pound, like, gentleman <laughs> is just, like, hit up and float out like a man who's, like, just hanging out yeah. outside the sunroof. I'm like, dude, how's he, lot like, freaking just crunched back? But it looked like... Through physics of the filming, it just mostly grazed his dome. Listen, these are pretty people. They don't have to adhere to physics. Yeah, I know. And it's a freaking movie. It doesn't have to adhere to bullshit physics. And like, but yeah, no, the way, because because we actually rewound it and did it in slow motion. By slow motion, I mean we just paused it at the point of contact. And it kind of looks like the dude's body just uppercuts Barry slightly. So he's got blood on his face. And he's like, and, and I wrote here, because this is funny. This is the way he says it. Oh Christ, my fucking car! <laughs> I think you could definitely see the priorities. Not like, oh, we just hit something. More like, oh, dude, my fucking car! My car! Oh, dude! My dad's gonna kill me! He's gonna kill me! So they get out, they're searching the area, then they find a random boot. And it's like, yeah, we didn't hit a deer, guys! Yeah, and then they're like, oh shit, and they find the body, and then they talk amongst themselves and freak out. Now, I'm gonna be honest. I like the scene. I believed it. Their panic was good. It was well written and acted. I like the dialogue talking about how, you know, even though Fred was sober, there's liquor all over the car and it's uh, Barry's ride anyway. Until Fred goes, it's manslaughter. We're going to fry no matter who takes the fall. I had to pause and laugh because that, that was a little funny. That delivery. Yeah, no. We're going to fry no matter who takes the fall. Because they're all sitting there and they're just logic. It's like, no, come on. You're going to school and college. Your tuition. Your tuition yeah. will be canceled because we just accidentally hit someone in a drag in a drunk driving bender. Yeah, he's sober and got some liquor spilled spilled on him, and like the cops could like test his breath, but still they hit a gentleman. So, I remember it's like it's manslaughter. It's like yeah, but I still feel like you're talking to the cops though. Yeah, and then at one point you didn't like shout this, but you were just like, "Have you heard of a breathalyzer?" He said something about a breathalyzer. Yeah, they could take that. But either way. They all decide to like, all right, we need to get rid of the body. Yeah, because Julie wants to go to the police, but Hayden like Christian... A like a responsible, reasonable person. But Hayden Christensen 2.0 and his neck veins are like, no! Seriously, he, no! He, got, he got mad. His like neck vein here was like popping. So they all decide to dump the body. Then, then Max, the incel bro, randomly shows up in his truck and things are really awkward and weird. Because he's like, hey, you guys all right? Why are you guys parked to the side? And they have a shot of Barry vomiting. And it's like, he drank a little much. And it's like, he looks at the car. It's like, well, that car got beat up. You guys need any help? Nope, nope, nope. We're good. We're good, Ben Shapiro. We're good. <laughs> okay, then. Bye. He drove away. He's like, okay, bye. Also, my wife's a doctor. My wife's a doctor. He always drops that all the time in his things. Like, whenever medical stuff comes up, like, if it's about, like, COVID or, like, uh, when he starts getting into... Uh, Is he an anti-vaxxer? I don't know about that, probably. Uh, I just know that he like whenever medical stuff comes up, like when it comes to that, or when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to like when it comes to like uh, trans uh, transsexual matters, because obviously he's not for that. He always points out, "My wife's a doctor." Yeah, my wife's a doctor. Yeah. Oh, and fun fact, he's actually like the first or second cousin of. You remember the live action version of Matilda with like Danny DeVito? Yes. The child actress in that who plays Matilda. Yes. That's their cousins. Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Well, the more you know. <laughs> Small world, isn't it? So, yes, he eventually fucks off. They take the body to the docks and dump him, and they take him to the pier. They, um... 
<clears throat> they try to argue. They they argue some more, but uh oh, Spaghettios, the guy that he they hits totally alive. You guys, he shoots up and he like grabs Daphne's crown, but then Barry jumps in after it. And then when he tries to get well, it, like he grabs the cl- like the crown, and then like because like Barry was bitching, he's like, hey, what do you guys help me put the body in the water? And it's like, yeah. no, this is your mess. You do it. He shoots up, and they like. Lightly punt him into the water. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, you must have... You need, like, two people to help you on that, like, move one body if you could just punt him in. Dead weight's really heavy. I mean, I've never manhandled a dead body. That's a really weird sentence. But, yeah, but so, I have to imagine it's more... It's it's hard. So, yeah, Barry has to go dive in the water to get his queen, Buffy, her freaking crown back. More like Buffy the Vampire Queen. Yas, girl boss. Ooh. So, then, yeah, they, they're all like... Uh, Barry's like, we never speak of this again. And it, We're making a fucking pact. And then every, and then you know, De- uh, Buffy's like, okay, I agree. Freddie's like, I agree. But then Julie, who's, they're all ra- they're all razzled, but she's probably the most in some ways. She just she just nods, and he's like, no, I want to hear it. And he goes, yes. He goes like, who you fucking say? And then he just straight up assaults her, kind of. Not even but, kind like, of. She is just so stone faced, like, bro. We just bird someone. I don't give a fuck. And he's like, did he not have hand on throat? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, just there, I was like, that's assault, bro. Then we cut to one year later as a cover of Hey Bulldog plays uh, by the Beatles. And uh, she has a, she's at a university or whatever. And she has a really archaic laptop. I've never seen a laptop like that. Yeah, I know. Old 90s laptop. I guess that shows how old I am or aren't. So her roommate, I assume her roommate, comes in and harasses her to leave. And uh, I assumed hang out, but no, was to go home and visit her mom. Come on, we're, it's the summer. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then she goes home and I wrote here, awkward mom hug. Then they go inside and awkward silent dinner. Not really saying much. Like his, Her mom's trying to talk to her and yeah, stuff. Yeah, make casual conversation about the fish. But she's just like, what, you don't like the red snapper? They didn't have this one fish. It's kind of a slow season. Then out of nowhere, are you on drugs? <laughs> and he's like, no, mom, I'm not on drugs. No, mom, all I wanted was a Pepsi. And then, like, she's just like, well, your report card came in. I'm like, college report cards? What? I don't know how fucking college works. Would they be a report card, though? It'd be more, well, I guess, I don't know how they work. I didn't go to college. Wait, you went to college? Did they give it via, via report cards? Uh, I don't know. But here's the thing. I had, like, computer technology, so, like, go look that up. That's true. But, yeah, then, um, so then, uh, clearly what happened was, uh, I wrote here, Julie became quite depressed. She's not talking about anything. Uh, you said you heard this on a podcast talking about this movie, but they even went through the effort to make her hair look uh, greasy and disheveled, like the, which I like appreciate. She, she started like started the freaking movie. She has like nice volume, like curly like hair and yeah. stuff. Like life here is just flat and greasy. Yeah, I like that. I like it when movies care about that shit. It's nice. So then her mother's, like I said, basically uh, says, you know, you're failing at school. She goes, what happened to my daughter? And she's like, your father must be turning over in his grave. I'm like, I'd be like, wow, that's nice. Thanks, mom. But then she gets a letter. Also, it's implied her dad passed away. She gets a letter and the letter says, I know what you did last summer. And she goes, like, oh, what? <laughs> and her mom's like, hey, are you all right? What's up? It's like, oh, it's like, what's up with the letter? Nothing, mom. And bounces up the stairs. She's like, who sent me this letter? I don't know. There was no return address. What's it say? Nothing. And then, yeah, bounces off. 
Then, um, you know, she's upstairs chilling in the room. It's at, it's, uh, it's at night staring at the note. Then a dog starts barking outside and I'm like, oh shit, is Michael Myers outside? No, it's just the wind. It's just the wind and dogs and wind chimes. And that's kind of it for the scene. Yeah, that's it. Next day, pretty blonde lady who I wrote here, I think is angry blonde lady from earlier, which yes, it is. And Julie, um, she's working at a store. Julie goes to visit her. She's no, like, she goes and visits, uh, tries to find where oh, right. Buffy is. Yeah, because she's still under the impression that uh, Buffy went to New York. So she's like, I need to speak to Buffy. Do you have her New York number? And Angry Bonley goes, <laughs> she didn't go to, she doesn't have New York number. She's right over there. And, and she's yeah. like, oh my God, you're here? And they have a really awkward reunion. I'll say this. The, uh, the stuff that was supposed to be awkward was really well awkwardly executed. Yes. Not even because anyone here is a bad actor. You could say you could see Freddie Prince was a little green. He didn't have his like the charisma Bro, he would have. Bro, is Freddie Prince an actual actor though? He's just like The Rock. He has The he Rock has, has a little bit more life to him than Freddie Prince. Do you see Rock's earlier movies? They were about as quality as Freddie Prince here. Now, who's the fucking most dumbass freaking popular movie star at the moment? Who the fuck? That's a trick. That's not a fair question. The Rock continued. <laughs> the Rock was able to rock his charisma into a career. You know what though? Freddie Prince was a very pr- is is still a pretty good looking guy though. I'm not saying the Rock. I just know he has an ad with him and Sarah Michelle Gellar talking about like, I don't know what, maybe some kind of medication. Oh God! Or really? Some, I don't know, That's but funny. they have an ad. I've seen it, and I'm just like, oh, hey, it's those motherfuckers. So she, sh- uh, Julie, shows her the note, and angry, and uh, uh, Elsa looks sus. She like listens into them, and then goes to the back. Then Helen and Julie go to see Barry, and he's a massive asshole cock prick to them. So he's the usual. <laughs> Yeah, and he says, he says, have you two looked in a mirror lately? You look like shit. I'm like, you're full of shit, bro. That's shit. This shit ever love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Geller. Shut up. Yeah, they're total babes. Eat shit. Eat shit. And yeah, um, he uh, apparently they said that uh, you know Julia looked into it, who they hit, and it was a man named David Egan. Uh, a shrimp boat had picked him up. Had picked up his body, apparently. Barry asks, um, what does Ray, who is, uh, who, yeah, that's Ray Prince Jr.'s character's name is Ray, but, um, what's up with him? And apparently him and Julie broke up and now Barry suspects that incel Max guy. So Barry goes, they go to the, to the docks where he works and they're going to talk to Max. He's like, Hey Max, can I talk to you in the back room? And Max, who doesn't like this guy, he's like, whatever so they go to the back and Barry's idea of talking to him is to push him against the big block of ice and threaten him with a fish hook yes threaten his life hey I need to talk to you yeah what's up you motherfucker you, have you been fucking with this are you fucking sending shit it's like bro I don't know what you're talking about yeah you fucking do it's like dude I'm gonna call the cops if you I'll don't kill you up. I got no problem with it. that's what Barry says I got no problem with it and but Barry decided not to kill him and then Max is like I swear this fucking aggro asshole <laughs> Seriously, so, eat shit. Don't you got anything better to do, bro? So they walk outside. They see uh, Fred working on a fish boat. Barry fucks off. Helen dips out. And that leaves Fred and Julie alone. They talk and catch up. And things seem fine for a while. But then he's like, I know you blame me for what happened. And Julie's like, I don't blame you. You know, I, I, I take responsibility for my own actions. But I don't want to know you. And then dips out. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. Cool. 
next scene. Was there something missing? Because she's like decently hostile to him. They don't get into like why they broke up. She's just kind of like dipping and dodging on him for almost no reason. I yeah. They never did really like talked about that. She, they just seemed like they just kind of broke up pretty harshly. Did they imply he cheated on her? No. Okay. I just want to make sure I didn't misunderstand that plot point later. So next scene, Max comes into his warehouse and he puts a fish hook on a block of ice. Then after throwing some crab into a thing, he walks out after burning his hand. He doesn't notice that his ice hook has been taken. Then he's with the crabs and he sees a body move across the steam and then through the fog, bam, fish hook in the throat. Yeah. And Oof. Ben Shapiro's dead. I thought he'd be alive more in the movie. I was surprised he got killed because he literally had nothing to do with any of this. But no, not really. No, nah, fish hook in the throat. Not a lot of violence in this movie. Uh, I remember. I think I, I told you this, but obviously I didn't say it on the podcast. I remember. I'm a fan of that Dead Meat YouTube channel, and uh, James A. Janice was saying how uh, when they shot the movie, there's a lot of bad language, but there wasn't a lot of blood. So. And, and like the guy working, the horror effects guy working on the movie was like, this is the least amount of blood I've ever worked with on a horror movie. So they went back and reshot some stuff like this one and they threw in some more blood. I wouldn't have noticed, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. OK, so we call it I call it a scream clone. It was less violent than scream. They got fucked up in that first one. Oh, dude. Yeah. So then we see Barry getting his GPS Oh, his GSP, right? Because Barry's in like this gym. He's like punching stuff yeah, and yeah. doing kicks. But then you're like, wait, what the fuck is this gym? Because all the gym equipment is in the exact same place as the showers, right next to the showers. But and it's right room. next to yeah, it's right next to the lockers. So it's like it's like you said, you're trying to bench something, and then you just see dudes getting changed. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm like bench pressing. I'm seeing dick flanging around. <laughs> Seriously, what is this fucking gym? So I he- don't want to <laughs> see naked men when I'm getting my pump on. I'm not trying, like, I'm trying to be fucking GSP, bro. Naked men. Pump. Yeah. Like pumping. I'm trying to get my pump, not get that kind of pump on. (laughs) Uh, Penis jokes are funny. So he gets out of the shower and it's pretty clear there's someone there. He's getting stocked, right? And then there's a picture in his locker and it's of his car. And actually, was this, was that a picture taken like just then like on a polaroid yeah but it's a polaroid yeah. you could take pictures right there no i know but what i mean is i thought i was under the impression that it was like of his old car but it's the car at the gym so then he goes in the back talk to guys like hey is there anyone else here he's like no nah, just us man and then uh then he hears like a bell ring and he walks outside no sorry he goes back to his locker and then he realizes shit my jacket's gone which means his keys are gone and then he sees his car getting stolen then as the car is driving backwards in like a straight line, he chases the car, but then once the car stops, he like, then oh, realizes, shit. I'm like, that motherfucker's in a car. <laughs> and then the car chases him. And then the car eventually does like hit him and he gets uh, propped up on the hood. And then he, and then the car the, just pushes <laughs> him through a building. Uh, yeah. A building and like down a few like levels of something. Now, listen, I'm not an expert on the whole, like, physics thing, but this, to me, I told you, done unless you're damage. getting stabbed, I think you're perfectly fine in this movie. But he had, like, five cuts from this. I said stab, not <laughs> not getting a little cute cuts. No, I know that. But While just... running through a building. And then, uh, and I thought this was a really good scene, um, because uh, I wrote here, is he dead? Um, so the killer gets out of the car, walks over to him and stands over him. Barry begs for his life, and then we fade to black. 
But is he dead though? Absolutely not. Because we cut to a hus a, a hospital a hospital a hospital a hospital a hospital the next day, and he's laid up, and he's like, and he's like, for the last time, I didn't see his face, and then like, like they're just arguing slash talking. Was like, dude, do you know what he looks like? No, it was dark, and he was covering his face with a nice sick hat and like a friggin' what the fuck do they call that jacket? Oh, isn't it a, uh, a Skinner? They said it in the movie. Yeah, no, keep talking. Slicker. Slicker. Yeah, okay, so that happens. And then there's a funny line here where he's like, all I know is that he's, uh, is it was that it was dark and he was he was a guy wearing a slicker. And then Freddie Prince says, oh, yeah, that really narrows it down, this being a quaint fishing village and all. And it's like, well, Fred, you have a fucking slicker. <laughs> and you're the one that knows that we did, we, like, murdered someone and they very loudly are talking about this in a hospital with their door open yeah i'm like wow you're like talking about how you murdered someone very in public movies don't understand uh don't understand volume because like very clearly could have heard very them. fortunate no one was around <laughs> that we we're aware of so yes julie wants cops but barry says but Barry says, no, it's murder. Those were your words. And he says, we need to find this guy one-on-one -on -one and get him on one-on-one. -on -one. And Fred's like, yeah, because that worked out for you last night, right? <laughs> like, Fred with these zingers, man. So then they all leave. Julie's going to research this David Egan fella. And she's still tripping on the fact that uh, Fred's around. Yeah. So at home, she discovers that David Egan lost his fiance in an accident. But his at the library. Yes. You but said at home. Oh, my bad. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm a stickler when she's for at details. Home, no, when she's at home, she discovers that Egan, because she, like, looked him up. Whatever. But his mother is still alive, right? Mother or sister? That's what... I thought they said they... Uh, she found out her mother was alive because then, next scene, they drive to her house, and they reference murder she wrote in some dialogue, which I appreciated. And then... They ring the doorbell. No one answers. Then they go around back to try to break in. Yeah, straight up, just break in. They, They're just like, all right, let's check out this pad. And it's like, dude, they're sneaking around. And then, boom, jump scare. Yeah, scary blonde lady shows up. And then she invites him in. They talk for a bit. And then the whole thing is they're using fake names, which is actually a plot point. And they're like, oh, yeah, our car uh, has trouble. Sorry, we need to call AAA. And so while... Um, while Buffy pretends to go get the uh, call, um, Julie is asking her information. And what we learn is Scary Blonde Lady has a mom who's in a home now, a younger brother who's dead, and a dad who is dead. Sister says her brother had a friend named Billy Blue. And, um, you know, just uh, just some other expositiony things. But that's like the main thing. Then they bounce out. But there's a jump scare when they're in the car. And then, and then uh, the blonde lady, whose name is Missy, says Helen forgot her cigarettes. And I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. You uh, were able to get your car started. And it's like, oh, yeah, fickle thing. It was like stalling out, but now it's able to go again. Hey, thanks for letting us use your phone. Okay, then, you fucking weirdos. And freaking Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Jennifer Love Hewitt bounce out. And then Julie drives uh, Helen home, and then Helen tries to talk to her. She's like, what happened to us? We were best friends. I'm like, bro, you fucking killed a guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I was sitting there, too. I was like, what happened to us? Uh, you murdered someone. Sometimes it doesn't, like, you just murder someone, and it's all good beans. Cool beans. Not when you're, like, hot, young, freaking high school students. Like, 
If you're like some fucking mafia bro, it's like murder is like your like second age, then hell yeah. Or if you're new Jack. Yeah, but like Jeffrey Love Hewitt and Buffy the Vampire Slayer not being Buffy the Vampire Slayer are not motherfucking new Jack. So of course <laughs> they're gonna trip out on that motherfucking mudda. New Jack would have made this movie. There should have been a, a movie, a horror movie, where New Jack was the killer. Dude, if New Jack was just a campy killer, that'd be the greatest shit. Oh man! So because like, uh, every time he kills someone, he's gonna do a strut. Oh yeah! And then fucking new, like natural born killers will start playing. Boom, 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 bam! Yeah. So, and I specifically wrote here, I'm like, not only did you guys kill a guy, Julie's the only one that feels like really bad about it. There's some dialogue in here where Helen's trying to rationalize, like maybe he wanted to die. Or something. So maybe. Hel- so Helen goes home, and her dad ignores her. Oh yeah, Missy was David's sister, not her, not his mother. No, I know that wasn't his. I know that wasn't uh, his mother because she called him her brother. What I'm saying is they looked up uh, that he had a mother. Oh but yeah. Missy says that their mom's in a home now. Yeah. So there's some. Um, I was tripping on that. I was like, huh, what? We only met Missy. So she goes in her home. Her dad ignores her. He's just a fat slob watch. He's a baseball. And someone sneaks into her house. Like, literally, he just walks in the front door. But Pops don't give a fuck. He's just chilling, focused on the game. Yeah. There are these slow, tense shots. He's building suspense. You know, Julie's, like, in the kitchen drinking something. Show him walking. Then she, uh, then she goes upstairs. You see the guy. There's this really good shot, actually, where as she's rounding the corner to head upstairs, he just walks out of view, like down the hall to her room. That was a good shot. Then in her room, Mans is hiding in a closet. And he's watching her. He's doing like the scary Michael Myers breathing. <sighs> and then an angry blonde lady shows up for a jump scare because she's just chilling, brushing her hair. And the next thing you know, there's a hand and it's like, <sighs> but no, it's just it's just her. And she's like. Yeah. I need you at the store by 10 tomorrow. Yeah, can you work it? And it's like, no, I have to be Croker Queen. At the parade. Yeah, yeah, like, the last queen has to come in so that they could pass it on to the new queen. It's tradish. Whatever, bitch. Yeah, and then, and then Elsa's just like, well, she's like, whatever. Oh, by the way, you and your hair. It's pathetic. Really pathetic. Highly pathetic. Whatever, you bitch-ass sister. Ugh. You bitch-ass bitch. Bitch ass, bitch, bitch. So the next morning, Helen wakes up with her crown on her head, and she's like, "Huh, what?" And then she's oh, like, "How the hell did this get here?" And then she's like feeling around, and then she finds out her hair got all cut up. And then she goes into the mirror, and then she sees someone wrote "soon," and then she screams and punt breaks the mirror. And I'm like, "Yo, black flag!" And I'm just like, "Oh, hey, she's going Goldberg, <laughs> fucking up his hand." So I thought I still say I said this when we watched it. I thought this would have been more effective if if her hair was like way more noticeably fucked up or like had been shaved completely bald. But honestly, I don't think they were gonna get the nice hair makes Buffy money. Yes. So I don't think you were gonna convince her to do that. <sighs> so that yeah, so that happens. She calls Julie. Julie drives over, but in her car she notices a strange rattling sound. She opens the trunk after getting out. And there's a shitload of crabs. And Ben Shapiro's corpse is right there. I wrote him as Max. So when you said Ben Shapiro, it made me laugh. Yeah. So she goes to Julie. So sorry. So Julie goes to visit Helen and Barry's there. And then they go back to the car. She's like, look, look. And then 
All uh, and the it's, like, and it's like, all right, open the trunk. It's like, I, I'm too scared. You do it. Fine. Barry opens the trunk, and it's like, hey, look, it's sparkly clean in here. It's like there was no wet crabs all over the thing. That was bullshit. That there was. Sh- there should have been some red. There was like 800 crabs in there and a dead body. This fucking killer <laughs> is able to work some wonders. This fisherman, bro. So yeah. Oh, and then <clears throat> and then there's this nice parallel where like Julie's freaking out as opposed to when Barry was freaking out. And then we get the iconic "What are you waiting for?" What spins around? What are you waiting for? I thought there'd be more build up to that. I mean, it's still a good scene and all, but I thought there'd be more build up to that. It, you said it best. It just kind of happens. Yeah, they're just chilling there, and then she just starts screaming like, "What are you waiting for? Come on, get us!" Get the sick crane shot because that scene was uh, done directed by a kid that won a contest. Yeah. Hey, not a bad idea. All right, now that we got the peeps meeting up with Fred. This is the best scene in the movie, maybe. They go to visit Ray. And, well, actually, they don't. I think they go back to Julie's house, but Ray's yeah, there. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. yeah. Ray's Ray slash Fred, whatever you want to call him. And then... We're, like, saying so many names. I know. You have to know this movie. So, Maybe we should actually, like, learn their actual names, but well, I, I didn't. I have the names, but it's just... Bro, okay, so so Barry... So uh, Ray's like, hey, I've been looking everywhere for you guys. And then Barry just goes, you're going to die. And then punches <laughs> him in the face. Like, <laughs> what? And it's like, hey, I've been looking everywhere for you guys. You're going to die. Wait, what? <laughs> Like this we weird awkward like punch, like missing it, like missing the top of his dome, and then Jennifer Love You is trying to make him not beat the shit out of each other. If there's a way you can get that for the thumbnail, I would really like to cast my vote that that's the thumbnail for this episode. I will do that. <laughs> Remind me. Let me like get the thing of like you're his like you're gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> That's great. So after that, he's like, um, he's like, hey, man, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just as confused as you guys. I got a letter. And then Barry's like, you got a letter. It's like, uh, he says, I'm like, I got hit by a car. She got her hair cut off and uh, Julie got a dead body in her car. But you get a letter. Yeah, that's balanced. It's like, wait, dead body. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's Max. He's like, Max is dead. Yeah, Max is dead. Moving on now. Yeah, literally. So then they talk about how Max is dead, and then they talk about how Missy mentioned a Billy Blue, and Fred looked really ah, Ray looks really sus at that mention. Billy Blue. So they so they're like, wait, Elsa's got a yearbook. So they go look at the yearbook, and they see um, they see uh, they look they look at uh, David Egan or whatever. And Fred is still sus, and Julie wants to uh, go talk to Missy, but tells Barry and Helen to go to the parade. Fred wants to, sorry, Ray wants to get out of town, but Julie's like, no, we have to face this. No running away. It was acted better than that. But yeah. Yeah. Are you sure, though? <laughs> I don't know if it was acted this better. This wasn't than bad that. acting. There, was no, there wasn't any real bad acting in the movie. Okay, true. We're not watching Samurai Cop. Are you, Is that uh, even acting? Are you a uh, Fujiyama? Would you like to fuck me? This is Joe. He speaks fluent Japanese. <laughs> and then you had fucking uh, who's that? Who's the guy? The the guy the that actor started with a Z. Um, uh, he was the bad. He was the main oh bad guy. Oh my that fucking god! Robert, like Zark Z- Zadar. Ro- yeah, Robert Zadar. Z- yeah, Zadar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Zadar just being the perfect tam. He's just like he 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 would talk. He'd be like, "This is how I deliver dialogue." Just every time it was great. So now we're at the parade. Helen's on a float. 
I wrote that in all caps for some reason. And it's going, they're chilling. Helen's on a float! <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I guess I hate caps lock, but it's like, Helen's on a float! So, if oh, it that, matters. Oh, that hurt my throat. Ah. There's a quiet little scene Helen where- hurt his throat! So there's a quiet little scene where, you know, they're, they're looking around, looking for the killer, but then, you know- uh, Barry looks back and smiles at her, and it's like, oh, their feelings are coming back. I mean, he's a fucking prick, but oh, you know. Oh that's, yeah, that's, that's cute. But they find a dude in a slicker. It's like, hey, there's a motherfucker in a slicker. Get in the, get it, go get his ass. And then Barry lives up to his namesake and becomes the Flash. He's like, and he tackles the guy, but it's just some old man. Yeah, he just tackles some old dude, and the old dude just ain't tripping. So well, he's like tripping, but he's not like, hey, motherfucker, what the fuck? Julie goes to visit Missy, but no one seems to be there except for a bunch of dead animals and she's like uh okay what's with the animals and then missy comes out with a knife it's like whoa 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 that was a really good jump scare because it wasn't just like boom she's there they turned the camera and it showed her walking up that was a little more effective to me that 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 made me jump that made me jump so then um comes out with a knife then but then it comes back to helen on her float and then she's getting freaked out because there's a lot of fucking people in fishermen's outfits uh walking around because it's a fisher town yeah there's one specifically though that like is on the roof and has like the fish hook you know and like is like menacing like gives her menacing vibes and she's like oh my god that's him so then Julie's talking to Missy and Missy confesses that her brother committed suicide and she shows her that she says that he had a suicide note, which she says she hid from the insurance people because if the, if it was a suicide, they wouldn't give her the money. Yeah, but then Jennifer looks at the note and it's like, this ain't a suicide note. This is a threat. It says, I will never forget last summer. And then she's like, but to, but David, I saw his like freaking uh, tattoo on his arm. And it's like, he doesn't have, tattoo on, have any tattoos on his arm. And she's like, I've been on the wrong trail. Oh shit! We hit. Uh, we hit her father. What's gonna go? No, she hasn't discovered the father yet. Oh, I thought she put it together. No, no, because she goes to a laptop later and then relooks right. up information and finds out about the lady that died, and then finds out her father was a fisherman. Well, I figured out that it was their dad, so they should have accommodated for me. Not the Egan's dad. No, no. Well, yeah. So that's a beauty pageant again, and from the start of the movie, and they're at the talent show part. There's this lady there singing who's not doing horrible, but she's not great. And then there's this part where Buffy just looks away. She's just like, Jesus. Jesus Christ, her voice sucks. So Barry's on a balcony, and then, um, you know, 10 shots later, uh, the fisherman shows up and kills Barry. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer screaming her head off, trying to run off the stage, trying to go. I was like, oh my God, Barry's dying. And people are like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Quit tripping out. Wait, what's going on? It's like, no, no, no. My friend's getting slaughtered up there. This friend, remi- this, 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 this scene reminded me of the scene from Scary Movie 1 because they parody this exact yeah. scene. It's really, it's really They great. did, but in a, like a sense where like whatever fucking Nadia for uh, American Pie in the Scary yeah. Movie movie. Or uh, Boo Boo Kitty Fuck from the first Jane Silent Yeah, Bond yeah, movie. that actress. She's just sitting there on like the pageant thing and then like she says she wants to be an actress
actress and then she acts out some, but like her homeboy's getting murdered. And she's like, oh my God, he's dying. And everyone's just cheering like, yay. Oh my God, you're so good. You're like so believable right now. You seem like <laughs> someone's actually getting slaughtered up there. I'm gonna watch, I might watch that movie tonight. I have it on Blu-ray. Oh shit, you do? Yeah, dude. Fuck, that's sick. I think what helps is that that was like, that, that and the first one were made by like the Wayans brothers and they, they're really good at comedy. All the other ones after that didn't have them. I thought the third one was good with like Charlie Sheen and shit. Yeah. That where it was like parroting signs. And the ring and other random shit. And probably like the one of the famous from that is the parody from 8 Mile for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so then the cops talking to her, takes her upstairs. No, They don't find anybody. Oh, so I think Anthony Anderson's in Scary Movie 3. Yeah, he's in three and four. Oh my god, he's chilling it with Kevin Hart. Holy shit! Yeah, a young in his career, Kevin Hart. He was, uh, he was Anthony Anderson's like back. That's where I knew Anthony Anderson from. And then like four or five years ago, maybe more, I went back and watched Scary Movie three again. And I'm like, is that motherfucking goddamn Kevin Hart? No fucking way. They're, they they made out in Scary Movie four. Well, sort of. They parodied Brokeback Mountain again for some reason, and then they sang like R and B songs to each other and oiled each other up. Please tell and me they, they were singing R Kelly songs. It was like I can see it in your eyes, I can see it in your smile, and you know just what to say. <laughs> If you know just what to do, and that's the part where Anthony Anderson like sprays some oil. He's like, "Ooh, baby, <laughs> oh baby, ooh." It's like the only good scene from that movie. Uh, so the cop doesn't believe her because they go up there and they don't find anything. We see some blood dripping, but there's no body. There's not even any blood from the stab wounds, which I'm like, okay, fine, movie. Um, but then he's like, "Look, I'll take you home, okay." And he's taking her home. He's being a real dick to her. And it's like, she's like, there's a killer on your loose. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's like, he made. I guess it's like, Barry's like missing. He's like, okay, we'll call his parents when we get to the station. I'm just going to get you home. Yeah. They hit a roadblock and it's like, okay. I, got, I guess we're going down the alley. I guess we're going down this deep, dark alleyway. And they go down the deep, dark alleyway. And then there's a car there with its um, thing open. Hood up. Hood, hood up. up. Yeah. How the fuck did I forget the word hood? Um, and then there's someone standing. There. He's like, hold on. I'm going to see if this guy needs help. Because uh, I'm a cop and I got to <laughs> be helpful to people. And she's like, okay, whatever. But then, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, it's the killer, you guys. And she's like screaming in the car like, Oh my god, that's him! That's him! Ah, ah. And he's like, and he's like, the cop like turns around, like, what the fuck are you tripping on? It's like behind you. What? Like totally distracting him, and then he gets fucking hooked. Am I the only one that thinks he got killed because she distracted him? Yes. <laughs> Actually, no. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Sarah Michelle Killer is a ten- <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Michelle Killer. Killer. Just remix that song. Fixing her name, Sarah Michelle Killer. And I don't want to die. <laughs> oh, I don't want to die. So Helen, uh, so then Helen's, this is a pretty tense scene where a killer's walking up to her. She has to break out of the cop car because obviously the cars don't unlock from the inside. So she breaks the window, busts out. Wait, were she, you like being like sarcastic on that? Well, what, you It's a cop car. Well, no, but you can't open the back door oh, yeah, from right. the back. That's what I said. Yeah. But she was somehow able to bust open a window. I'm like, aren't those like windows pretty like solid? Yeah. To prevent motherfuckers from kicking out. But listen, when you're Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you have that kind of clout to do what yeah. you want. <laughs> so the chase is on. Julie's researching more about the Egan's, and then she realizes it was 
it wasn't um it was Ben. This is when she realized it's Ben Willis, right? Yeah. Yeah. She figures out, oh shit. She did a little bit better research. Well, she did some research and let like she did some research and it led it to like, oh, I need to like look up more information on the lady they got hit. Did we talk about that plot point earlier? Oh yeah, uh where Missy uh her dad was in a car crash and his wife died. Yes. Yes. And her that's what and or her like, mom in grief, that's when she got put in the home. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about like Ben Willis's character, like what was it? His daughter died. Oh that, yeah. Yeah, yeah because David Egan accidentally killed her. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that's what happened? Yeah. Oh, because I thought in the second movie they said, "Well, okay, that's." We're the talking plot. about this movie. So the so uh, the chase is happening, and she books it to the store. Her and her sister work at pounds on the door, and then Elsa takes for fucking ever to open this door. Well, she ain't no hurry. It's like, what the fuck, are you tripping on Croaker Queen? I'll get to you. So she's inside, but the killer disappears, and this is important. She literally, Elsa tells her, "You could have just walked around the back door." Uh, which I thought was funny. But then, after the killer disappears, she unlocks the door for uh, Helen to go in. And then Helen's in the back upstairs or whatever, making a phone call. Um, but as Elsa goes to relock the door, uh, the killer is behind her. Oops. Oops. And the killer kills Elsa. There's a cool shot of him um, with uh, with the hook in her body. He's like walking and like carrying her. Yeah, that was that was a cool shot. That was pretty sick shot. That that reminded me of uh, one of the best shots from Halloween Two when um, the original one where like Michael Myers kills that nurse and then her shoes fall off. Like just iconic horror movie shit. So the killer gives <clears throat> so the killer gives chase to her again. There's this bit where she's running around where she's uh, walking out. And she's trying to find Elsa, but then he's hiding in one of those like plastic sheets that they put mannequins in and jumps out at her. So they're chasing her. He's chasing her throughout the store. She sees her sister's dead body in the bathroom and she uses one of those like old like rope elevators. They have to use to like you have to pull yourself up to escape him. We thought it was funny. He's just like, okay, fine. Fuck you. He takes the stairs. Yeah, I know. She's like, all right, I'm taking this like rope elevator. And he's like, the stairs. Bump, 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 bump. And I think he got there almost before her. Like it was close. Kind of close. Uh, so she runs away again. Uh, she's able to open up a window. But then when she like climbs out of it, he takes a swipe at her and she falls uh, onto some garbage at the bottom. Well, she like jumps out the window and I was like, here, I was like, garbage day. And she actually jumped into like a pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh man, that's the best scene from that movie. Garbage day. No. So uh, she gets up and makes it away. She's running through an alleyway and she sees the parade. She's almost a civilization, but just as she's about to make it, the killer pops up and then takes her out in the alleyway. The scene's the scene shot really good. And there's like, because there's so much noise from like the parade and fireworks going on. No one hears her getting literally getting killed. It was sad. I was like, aw. I was, I was, and it's just because I know her from myself. I was like, aw. I'm, I'm sad Buffy the Vampire Slayer got killed. Yeah. It's like the opening is Scream. It's like, aw, Drew Barrymore got killed. Like, literally, this is a pretty kind of sick scene, too. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a logic where she kept on, like, trying to look around at the killer. It's like, that was she's yeah. literally the main street is right there. Yeah. But fireworks and noise is going on, so no one can't really, hurry, really hear her getting slaughtered as she is freaking, like, tussling with this 
uh, fucking behemoth of a killer man in the fucking tires as she's getting sliced away. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was dead meat uh, complaint about the scene too. Was like like the kill is cool, but like it, it felt like they almost came up with the scene first and then worked around it because it's good visuals and everything, but. Yeah, her stopping is like the thing where it's like, why did you stop running? She just kept going. Oh, well. So then Julie rushes to Ray and tells... It's a slasher movie. <laughs> Dumb blonde chicks are going to get fucking murked. I was going to bring up Scream, but you know what I just realized? I think the only women that live in those movies are brunette or black hair. I don't know if that's on purpose, but... The formula. <laughs> so Julie rushes to Ray and she's like, bro, we didn't kill David Egan. We killed Ben Willis. He's like, oh, but oh. And he's there on the dock. Right. And he's like, he's looking kind of sus. Cause he's like, calm down. It's okay. Come with me. He's like extending his hand to her. And yeah. He's like, come with me. But then Jennifer Love Hewitt says what's up to Freddy. Yeah. As you said, he's totally being sus. And then she just sits there and she looks back on the boat and it's like Billy Blue. Oh, this was me. Oh, and you're like, and you're like and Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's like, motherfucker, what have you been up to? Don't stay the fuck away from me. I don't trust you. And you he, were the friend. You're the fisherman. And she's like, and homeboy Fred's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me explain. And then he like. Scarcely chases after her. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you're kind of just making it worse for yourself. But then he gets fucking clotheslined by a guy. Yeah, I'm like, oh, hey, look, some elderly gentleman helping Jennifer Love Hewitt. And he just like said, there's like, oh, my God. Oh, don't need to worry about it. I was like, don't worry, ma'am. Go to my boat. And I'm like, oh, that don't sound good. <laughs> so she gets on the boat and then she's like getting inside, I assume the cabin or whatever. And she sees like pictures but not just any pictures they're pictures of like her and her friends and like newspaper clippings yeah of the pictures accident. of like the pictures of like shots from, from the movie and then he comes in and yeah this is this is this is ben willis everybody. and we discovered oh i'm actually the killer this whole entire time now listen this there was a mystery that could have been one of us but no i'm just some like big scary motherfucker now listen i like this for a couple reasons one this guy only had like 10 lines in the whole movie but he was really good when he spoke and second i like it when the killer has a face but not just has a face when they like interact with the person they're trying to kill ghostface kind of does that but I liked how I, I liked how he's like you know he's at this the final battle you know he's not in the getup at all he's in like his regular clothes and he's just trying to kill her. I like, thought he that has was a impactful. face of like an angry fisherman like motherfucker that which like it, hates children, which canonically is like the uh, the killer's name, the fisherman. Which I'm like, that's kind of you know. I mean, Michael Myers is the shape, and he's you know, Ghostface is Ghostface, but. He's yeah. the fisherman. The fisherman. So she, so now he starts trying to kill her. But um, and then uh, she runs outside, and he like puts the boat into driving gear mode. I don't or throttle. I don't know what the boat. Dude, called. whatever. Freaking homeboy Fred jumps into the dinghy, and he's like trying to mob on yeah. mob towards the fishing boat so he can save Jennifer Love Hewitt. Then after she hides in an underneath compartment place thing, which let me say this now. This boat has a lot of fucking, like, beneath space. I'm like, dude, this boat does not look as big as it's, like, coming <laughs> off as. Uh, but then Ray- This boat came off as a fucking building. Yeah. <laughs> at times. I'm like... It looked like she was in, like, a boiler room or something from, like, for Halloween real Resurrection. Scenes, I'm like, and you look at the boat, I'm like, nah. I don't think that works like that. So, Freddie Prince comes on board, and he just starts fighting the fisherman. 
And then Julie activates some kind of thing that controls the steering flag bow thing. I think it's the stern. I don't know what it's called. And then, and then he just, the killer, Ben just punches Ray off the boat, which I thought was funny. He just, he just uppercuts Freddie Prince and he just goes into the water. That's great. But he, uh, he hangs on by grabbing like the fishing net, I think. And he's, uh, he's able to climb back on just as Ben breaks into the underground place, which I, I kept writing underground, but I couldn't think of what else to call it. Cause it looks like it's underground, but it's not underground. It's, it's under like a boat. The innards of the boat. She eventually finds her way into an ice room where she finds the bodies of uh, Barry and Helen. Oh, I was like, oh, that's what's happened with them. And I wrote, and, and I remember I told you a dumb little joke. I was like, man, that's either ice or that's some Tony Montana candy. Yeah. So then after, so then eventually she's moving through, trying to make her way through. There's these doors. Ben's able to like, he doesn't see Ray, uh, Freddie Prince yet, but um, Ben's able to kind of predict where she's going to go. And he opens like the doors to greet her. And then Ray, I don't know what the hell this is, but he throws like a big hook anchor thing and just hits Ben right in the face. Yeah. I'm like, well, that knocked that guy out. And then he, but then he wakes up and then he says his cool serial killer line, happy 4th of July, um, Julie. And she's like, it's an accident. It was an accident. He's like, when you leave someone for dead, you better make sure they're dead. And then somehow his hand gets caught in a rope and then he gets shot up. He gets lifted up high in the air. His hand gets cut off and then he looks flung in, and he gets flung into the ocean which I'm like, that stunt looks sick as fuck. And I wrote here, James thought that stunt looked fun as shit. Like, dude, that'd be hilarious to be like slinged up around and into the ocean. Just like, whoop, there you go. <laughs> whoop, there it is. Tally-ho. So then they, uh, so then um, Julie and Ray catch up. He's like, you know, he was like, I went to talk to her, to Missy under the Bill, um, the Billy Blue thing, because I want to know what happened. The guilt was eating away at me. I didn't want to lose you. I love you. I love you. And then she's like, okay. Like, she gives a response, but she doesn't say, I love you back or nothing. She's just like, like, oh, okay. Okay. Then the cop comes up. And then after, you know, we went through this whole thing of, like, everyone trying to, like, be truthful and stuff. The cop's like, do you have any idea why this guy would want to kill you? They're like, no. No. I'm like, well, there's a good reason why uh, he was kind of going on a rampage. Not going to lie. So then we cut to a year later. She's at a university talking to Ray on the phone. And he's like, don't start. You can ravish me in a few weeks. <laughs> and I was like, damn. And then uh, you know, they're, on the, they're on the phone. She turns on the shower. She's in a towel. And I'm like, ooh, Ooh. Jennifer Love Hewitt in a towel. Ooh. Uh, ooh. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> Then after she hangs up, um, she gets a, one of her friends drops off a note and it's, there's this long sinister silence, these shots of her in the note in the same uh, shot. She walks up and grabs it and reads it. And it's an invitation to a pool party. And you're like, oh, thank God. Like it came off the same handwriting as like the killer. But, but now there's a bunch of steam all over the shower area. Oh, I got warm in here. Cool. <laughs> and then she walks in and then there's a door in the back and someone wrote on there in the scene, in the steam, I still know. And then the fisherman comes through the window. The end. Yeah. Which I guess you could say was a Jason callback because he popped up at the end of like four or five different 
Friday thirteenth. It just said there was like, oh, are we done with Jason yet? Nope. <laughs> he dust returns. But yeah, no, that was I know what you did last summer. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, that movie's pretty fun. Honestly, the I think the best part of the movie is the mystery of like who is the fucking fisherman killer. Yeah, no, I like that. That's the part that's kind of make the most drive factor now. Is this a well acted this isn't fucking Schindler's list or anything like that? It's better than Halloween Resurrection. Oh, fuck acting. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, no. This movie, Obviously, Michael Myers. Oh, God, is, no, no, no. This movie is like way better than Halloween Resurrection. I still Resurrection. can't believe you liked Halloween Resurrection more than, uh, no, you liked Jason X more than Halloween Resurrection. Okay, but that was fun shit in space. <laughs> I don't want to see Michael Myers in space. <laughs> Can you imagine like a sci fi rendition of that piano? Of that piano theme of his? But no, this was a good movie. This is actually a really good movie. It's kind of considered a... Well, people hate this movie. It's they like do? A, well, it's like a good bad movie. What? No, this is a good movie. No, it's kind of a bad movie. Well, like, technically, it's a bad movie. Te- I don't know. I mean, I thought the writing was okay. None of the acting was atrocious. Um, I thought the mystery was all right. I can see some people being like, bro, the mystery's so easy. I'm like, okay, fine. But it uh, wasn't, it wasn't to uh, the ca- Freddie Prince Jr.'s acting so wooden. Uh, listen, I, I can Jennifer understand. Jennifer Love Hewitt half the time's kind of squinting. Listen, it's obvious for us to be able to do it, but these characters, I really was believing they had no idea what the fuck was going on. I thought they were written all right. I'm not saying it's realistic or believable, but I think so bad it's good or a good bad movie. Nah, I'd say this is a good movie. Okay, I'll, I'll be fine. I, I can. I like, mean, you can call it what you want. I'm just saying. I agree. I it's, it's a good movie. movie. Yeah, it's better than Halloween Resurrection. Oh God, no! Halloween Resurrection is a bad. It's movie. better. Than sometimes Jason you can X. laugh at it, but it, those fucking bullshit. Like friggin' internet video camera angles are just so goddamn dumb. Hey, they tried. Whatever, they're trying to be animated. <laughs> they tried. They kind of predicted stream. Uh, it, it was like a precursor to streaming, you know. I mean, a little bit. They were talking about it a little too early for streaming, but fuck yeah, it's better than this movie was better than Jason X. Well, see, that's not fair because that's campy bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, well, this movie has some campy bullshit. So, hey, I've been looking for you guys. You're gonna die. <laughs> Yeah, but like Jason X was done, but can't be bullshit. This movie gets compared to this movie gets called a Scream clone, which yeah, it kind of is. But the difference is with Scream is that I know I've talked to you about this. Scream was a movie that like looked at horror cliches and tropes and like you know it parodied them. Well, but the it, like, the act, the freaking director. Yeah, because well, the here's the what thing. was the director again? Wes Craven. Yeah, I think he and was Wes- so done doing horror shit. It's like. Fuck you, motherfuckers. You want horror shit? I'm going to give you some fucking I'm silly bullshit. You, I'm going to give you a horror movie about people that watch horror movies. And then it just turned out, oh, man, this is actually meta cool shit. It's like, God fucking damn it. The problem. Now, How do I be good at what I do? Now, bitch. Yeah. And, and here's the, the problem. Here's Wes Craven's problem. He was a genius. <laughs> yeah. You can't create Scream and Freddy Krueger in the same lifetime and not be a bit of a genius. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the problem, Scream kind of is in a weird place right now just because, like, you know how Scream pioneered a lot of shit and basically set the tone for slasher movies for like the next 10 years? Well, the problem is not a lot of people, a lot of Scream's, uh, impact and groundbreakingness has been kind of lost on the new era so now people lump movies like Scream and I Know What You Did really close together and they're like, oh, these are like the same movies. And it's like, no. But no, I like this movie. It was fine. Uh, no, my dude. It was fine. This movie was fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. This movie was awesome. I would rather watch this than the finale of season three of Rock of Love. That's right, listeners. Next episode. It's a big one. Yeah. It's episode 69. 
We're ending Brett Michaels on 69? <laughs> Fuck yes, dude! I decided. Oh! I did not plan this, listeners. Yes! But Let's go! We started the series on episode one with Brett Michaels, and we're hitting a monument. Some people celebrate they hit. Like episode 50. 50, 100. And, uh, and we did for episode 50 was Edward wasn't able to be here and we did a bad like episode talking about sex. Television shows go to go to 65 to where they hit syndication. But whatever. Yes, we're going to talk about the end of Brett Michaels on episode 69 That's- and Dark Side of the Rings, the steroid trials. Fucking finally. Oh, fu- dude, this might be our best episode. Let's not fuck it up. We're not. <laughs> Also, the note with the Brett Michaels thing, too. Do you want to review the reunion on that episode, too? Or do you want to just, like, make a whole episode about reviewing the reunion? Eh, I watched it, and it's noteworthy. But I feel like we can run through it pretty fast. Well, here's the thing. Do you really want to make me suffer through an hour and a half of Brett? No, like almost two hours of Brett Michaels. How about you put it this way? Two hours of Brett Michaels in your fucking Done. No more left. Unless we want to watch a shitty, like, friggin' prison movie. But even then, I don't want to. Prison movie? Yeah. You know, Letters from Death Row? Oh! We're not watching it yet. We'll have to work ourselves towards that. Maybe we'll do that for episode 169. (laughs) But yes. So, listeners, as you hear me and Edward discuss... About doing this, do you want to just hammer out the rest of the, like Rock Love next episode? I guess it. Oh fuck, that's but that's it's episode sixty nine. We gotta make this monumental. Or I call good friend Bonesteel and he can talk about his penis. Fuck Jake. All right, fine. Next week is gonna be like a fucking big extravaganza event, y'all. We're gonna we're gonna finish Brett Michaels. We're gonna finish not really, but sort of Led Zeppelin, and we're gonna finish Dark Side of the Ring season three. I'm almost worried they're not going to come back for a season four because it almost looks that way. So Wait, yeah. what do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, just a lower viewership and all. So it's like it's just there was no season four. No, this is no, this is season three. I'm saying it sounds like they won't come back for season four. No shit. Oh, they're not coming back for season four. Rock of love. Not Rock of Love, fucking Dark Side. I was so confused. They're both <laughs> on season three. I was tripping out. But yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Oh, you mean Dark Side? Oh, I don't know what's on that. Maybe. But for right now, yeah, that, we're on the last episode of Dark Side of Ring for season three. The big Brett Michaels extravaganza as we finally get done with Rock of Love. And then, yes, listeners, hope you had a fucking rad Halloween. We're out of here. Ah, God damn, I fucked up on saying something. You know what? Laters. Have a good one. (laughs) Adios.